Before we start, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're recording on. For me, that's the Wangaburra clan. And for me, it's the Wurundjeri peoples. Hello, Evie Jones from National Australia. National oh Tolls. That sounds like I'm one of the Nats. I'm not. I'm not. Guess where I am? Your situation looks very different. I don't see any dancing dogs behind you. I don't see you wearing a woolly woolly jumper, although I should be. You are indoors. You should be. Where you, are where you, you at, girlfriend? You know where I'm at. I'm in Hobart. Bloody Hobart. They used to call it the Apple Isle. All the number plates down here call it the natural state. Because everything's organic and natural. Yeah. The like, running free like and the cows running care. free. Yeah. yeah, they are. Your if pubes had to be like natural and like free range, your that would be your pubes. Exactly. I'm my I am Tasmania, and it's a map of Tassie in the natural state. So it all comes around at the end of the day. Yeah. What would my pubes be though? Before we get into why you're there, if yours are Tasmanian pubes, what would mine be? Well, you your pubes are all underneath, so you would be like the troll under the bridge of um, a VW bonnet. Yeah, but like what state would I be? Oh, your state would be probably WA. <laughs> like, you know, not much happening up top. It's a bit more denser at the bottom of the state. <laughs> and we keep everybody out because there's so many pubes. <laughs> You're very, you're very um, disgusting. Yeah, it was fucking oh, yes. Yeah, you're very prestigious. You keep people out, and you know, only let in. Yes. Oh my god, I my pubes are so wa. But enough about pubes. Why are you in Tasmania? I'm down here filming a TV show called Deadlock for Amazon Prime. <gasps> Yeah, she is. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. My sister is a goddamn actress. She's an actor. Finally living my dream. This has actually been my dream all my life. All my life I have wanted to be an actor and I've tried. I've only ever done stage acting. I've done one TV show which was two years ago. I did two episodes of Drunk History and I was brilliant. Loved it. Um, You were brilliant. But the rest of my acting life has been mostly, you know, theatre, which is very different to TV and film. So I'm extremely glad that I finally um, scored a role, very small role, but once you watch the TV show, you will know how important my role is. I won't yes. give away anything more. No. Don't say too much. We've been, um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but we've been rehearsing lines together. You can say it. And You're my line sister. I'm, I'm your line sister. Not in that way, people. Get your mind out of the gutter. We do lines together, but they're not those types <laughs> of lines. Um, gone are the days. No, gone but we have days. been and... Sh- Look, she's very good and I'm very excited for people to see the skills of Evie Justice Jones or whatever your character name is. I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to ruin it. Yeah, I can't tell you what the uh, character's name is so because it will ruin things. But it's coming out next year and I think everyone's it, – it's an uh, amazing Australian production and it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be an amazingly wait. game-changing kind of show. It's, it's female-led, <gasps> it's female-written. 
and it's it, it's just wonderful. I think you're all going to love it. Well, what you're in it, so we're going to love it, and because it's female-written and it's Australian, and I love Australian television and movies so much. There's something so raw, organic, pure, natural about yep. Australian TV. It really kicks you right in the ovaries and makes you really feel. Maybe because we can all relate to it because we are Australian, but don't you reckon it's just so raw, Aussie Aussie TV? Look, I think there's only one other type of TV and film that's better than ours and I think a lot of people will will highly agree with me. That's New Zealand. Like they have something quite amazing but um, Australia is – so, so quintessential its own taste, you know, and the, yeah. I just have a thing for Australian TV. I just think it's wonderful. If there's something that's Australian made, I have to watch it, not just because I know I'm going to be supporting local, but because I know I'm going to like it. So yeah. you can't really go wrong. The only other thing no. that I'm obsessed with at the moment that is also absolutely like blasting through the world in a massive way is Korean TV and film. Like I'm obsessed with Korean movies and Korean TV at the moment. I just watched a movie the other day called Forgotten. It's on Netflix. It's brand new. It is such a mind fuck. I highly recommend you all go and watch it and let me know what you think. Oh my God, I'm going to do that. That's so random. It's a big thriller, a little bit of a gotcha scare, you know, scares and things like Scare-ja. that. But yeah, sketcher. Um, but Koreans, God, they can write like twists and turns. And, and there's as well as us, they have their own flavor, their own taste. It's so Korean. Yeah. And I am just so into it now that I love it. I just love it. I've loved their stuff for years and I just recently watched Pachinko and now I've just watched this movie. And, of course, you know, you've got Parasite, which won the Academy Award and you've got Minari and all these amazing, amazing Korean productions. So if you're not already into Korean stuff, get into it. The subtitles will not bother you. I promise you they will not bother you. Don't don't do dubbing. Read the subtitles. Oh, dubbing ruins everything. Everything. So what about you, Mushroom Girl? What on earth is going oh. on? Or should I say what on roof is going on? What on roof? What on shroom is going on? Uh, look, I don't even know what's going on. Well, no, that's a lie. I know exactly what's going on. It's called severe, severe rain for the last, oh, since February. So what's that? Three months. The yeah. first bit of full day sunshine happened last week, which was lovely. What's it like now? It's overcast again and raining. Is it rain? It's raining still. Mm. Yeah, but look, I think the shrooms have come because there's a make safe on my roof for so it doesn't come through the roof and, you know, That's causes a tarp, mold. right? Make safe is a tarp, yes, with big sandbags on it because apparently yeah. we live in the freaking 90s still that they can't come up with a better idea than chucking a massive tarp with sandbags on your roof. Yeah. And now because the moisture's kept in this old decromactic or whatever they call it, that roof that nobody wants to fuck with, everybody hates decromactic. Democratic. I can't. De- yeah, yeah, that's it. I say it wrong every time. I've never heard that word yeah. before. Oh, it's uh, nobody wants to is mess that a with dome? it. So is that the dome? Is that what they call? No, that? it's like an old school, like type of like asbestos, like really bad for you. Oh, oh, yeah. It's, it's a material. It's yeah, it's a type of material that nobody uses anymore because this house is really old. Oh my god, can it kill you? No, 
No. It's, it's not it's as like bad as asbestos. No, no, no. It's not as bad as asbestos. No. Oh it's like goodness. but nobody wants to mess with it. So I need an entire new roof, but obviously that's the least of all of Australia's worries right now. And mm. the shrooms have come through because of the freaking make safe. So now I grow shrooms on my roof. I look up and I literally see a mushroom field <laughs> and it actually makes me feel violent. Like it makes my fanny itchy. It makes my scalp itchy. I feel like the mushrooms are go- growing in my vagina yeah. and that's not lovely. Did you get triggered when I sent you a photo of my dinner last night and there was mushrooms on the table. I actually was trying to not get the mushrooms in the shot. I can't even eat mushrooms at the moment and I love I put mushrooms in everything with not being a meat eater. I just mm. love me mushrooms and mm. I can't even look at mushrooms. Like mm. they make me feel so sick. I'm just Gosh. so sad about it. But in better news, I officially am a landlord and a tenant has moved downstairs and I have a dog at the house and her name's Bella and I love her. She's a five-year-old Labrador and she's so chubby and I just love her so much. Does she come up and say hi and hang out with you? So because this whole place is mine but now it's a fully self-contained apartment downstairs, she she has all the backyard with a dog-proof gate and a fence so so Bella can't run out to the road. Right. And – so she's pretty much got the backyard property. So, but I spoke to the lady t- today. Well, I've spoken to her a bunch, but I was like, she was like, come and play with Bella whenever you want. Cause that's kind of her area now, which is so weird going from a house owner where all of this was mine, right? And I just could do what I wanted. And now I'm like, ooh, am I in, like invading her privacy? Am I, if I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but she was like, go into the backyard and play with the dog whenever you want. Cause the dog sits there by itself all day because she works. So I'm just going to, if I'm working from home, I'm hanging out in the backyard with Bella all damn day. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Will she come inside to your place? If you call I her? haven't asked the lady if that's allowed. I would never just let, I wouldn't do that. Cause what if she came home and she was like, no, don't take my dog into your home. Like that's creepy. She might not care. Just say to her, is she allowed to come in up for a treat? You know who she reminds me of a little bit? Jackie. Jackie? Oh, the person. As in our, yes, our Jackie. <laughs> love her. Absolutely love her. Your new tenant. The new tenant yeah. reminds me of Jackie, who we used to rescue through for yeah. pause, and recover. pause and Recover. I was like, who does this lady remind me of? And I was like, oh my God, it's oh, Jackie. Jackie's a legend. <laughs> love Jackie. Jackie's Soul of the Earth. Yeah, so this lady reminds me of Jackie and her and her dog are just, so far, I mean, they've only been here for a few days. We could end up being like, no thanks. But so far, so good. Good, I mean, it's hard work, but that's where I'm at, people. She's a landlord. She's got a tenant. She's she's doing all the renovations. She's doing all the, I'm a big girl. I'm exhausted, but I'm a big girl. Well, you'll be coming to Melbourne pretty soon. So, (gasps) you know, you need to get the lady that's just like Jackie to, you know, start knowing all the property and everything because she's the one who's going to be, you know, making sure that everything's maintained while you're um, not there. She can do what she wants. If she, when I'm gone and this place is an Airbnb, she can come up here with the dog. Seriously, I'm not one of those people that's like, don't touch my things. Like I'm literally like, come in, but you can touch my things when I'm not home, but when I'm home, stay the fuck out of my way. Yeah. yeah. Because I love my privacy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We all do. And that lady probably does as well. Wait, can you hear Bella? Now I've actually got a dog on the property barking and it doesn't even make me feel sad because it makes me feel happier. I can't hear her. her, I know. I wish I could. I wish I could take her. Yeah, she goes, I've got to go out later and give her a cuddle. But anyway, that's our updates. That's the way you do it. Well, I think that's wonderful. And and it's so great that you now have an income that's passive in that way that you can, you can, you, 
just gives you that little bit of relief, doesn't it? Well, pay, helps pay off my mortgage, help mm. pays off the renovations I've just mm. forked out for, and then the house will pay off itself, which is I think it's really important as single women to talk about these things because you don't hear a lot of single women talking about it. You usually hear families talking about it or dudes talking about it. Um, So it's really nice to talk about this. And I know it probably sounds boring to a lot of people, but, oh, she's gone off. But um, this is my life and I'm super excited that I can say that I've done all this on my own, not taking it away from people that have done it as a couple Mm. or a dude solo. Good on you. Like, kudos. But, um. Kudos more to me because I'm a single lady, so. Yeah, and who run the world? Gals. That's right. Who run this mother? (gasps) Who run this mother? (gasps) Oh, I've got some. Okay, wait. First things first, I'm the realist. So the the other day, no, that's a lie. The other week, the other week, um, The other week we were talking about how, well, you and I can, like, we go in and out of drinking. Like, I can easily give up a whole month, no booze. I think the longest I've done is six weeks. I'm not going to be like, wow, you know, I've been sober forever. (laughs) But um, we got into talking about that and then I had a bunch of DMs and I think you did too, but one in particular that really stood out to me is because obviously we think a lot of women or gays or, you know, people that don't identify probably listen to our podcast more than cishet guys. But that Mm. would be a bad assumption because cishet dudes listen as well. And one guy wrote me and was saying to me how hard it was for him to date being a man, cishet Mm. man, and not drinking. And I was like, wow, Mm. I would think um, being, I don't know, uh, somebody that dates men as well, That that's a great thing if a guy doesn't drink. But he said it makes it so hard for him. And I thought that's really interesting to put ourselves in his shoes. You know what? I have to say, I have to be honest and I have to admit something. I used to say, I used to say this thing, oh, never trust someone that doesn't drink. I used to say that all the time. What, I was so affected yeah. by society and astra- especially Australian society. Like we are massive drinkers. We're massive binge drinkers. And if mm. you don't drink, you automatically just go, oh, really, that person? Oh, they don't drink. Because you're ashamed because you know that you're going to look like mm-hmm. an idiot in front of them. It's not because they're a bad person. And or that's the honest truth. <laughs> It's that we – it's projection. It's complete projection. We 100%. know that we may say something that we'll regret. They won't, not because of inebriation. We we probably will. So, therefore, it's something you really want the other person to be in the same boat. And I can see exactly the kind of problems that he would be coming across because once upon a time – I would have been that woman on the dating site. I'm not anymore. I absolutely love it when a man doesn't drink now. But there's not a lot of us around. Like people are still really dubious of people who don't drink. Or we, yeah, we instantly think A, boring, mm-hmm. or B, why? What, mm-hmm. ha- what has happened them? to you in your past? Mm-hmm. No, that's made you, were you a binge drinker? Were you an addict? Yep. Were you triggered by something in some way? It, it, it That's instantly what we jump to. And it's funny that when he said that, he then went on to say on his dating profile, 
he originally put because you have options on some of them where it's like non-smoker, non-drinker, mm. and he would say non-drinker and he would get nothing. So then he changed it to social drinker. So then he'd get the dates and then he'd go on the dates and he wouldn't drink and then the girls would be like, why are you not drinking? And yeah. then instantly he would watch their body language, be like, yeah. oh, well, this is going to be a shit date. And then they'd start talking about his job and then he said after that, he didn't tell me what job he had because I didn't ask because personally for me I think it's irrelevant because I've always said, even when I was on The Bachelorette, I said I don't care in the casting process what anybody does as long as they are in, they show that they are passionate, they have ambition. If you, if you want to be a toilet cleaner, you be the best damn toilet cleaner there is. If you love getting up for work. A lo- he said a lot of women really care about what he did for work and I thought that that was quite sad but I also totally get it because as women mm. back in the day we were told all the time my mum would say to me oh get a doctor or get yourself a pilot or get mm. yourself a footy player mm. or it's life's much easier with money Angie mm. life's much easier with money and I was like oh my god yeah that's true because I'll be at home with the mm. kids and I won't have to worry about work and yeah, yeah I need a rich man and it's like, oh, my God, as you get older and undo these, like, social conditionings um, and societal conditionings, you're just like, oh, my God, I make more money than most people I date mm. now yeah. and I have no problem with that they, at all. Do they ever have a problem with it? Um, one particular person, well, they didn't have a problem spending my money but mm. they certainly took it out on me. Um Recently, no, they've never said anything to me, but you can tell that they'll say stuff like, oh, I'll I'll get it when I get paid, like I care kind Mm. of or, Mm. yeah, it's interesting. Maybe they care but they haven't said anything but I have over the last year and a half, I've, other than one guy, I've definitely made more money than anyone I've dated and I don't even think about Mm. that. That doesn't make me be like, oh, I don't want to date you. No. no, At all. No. Actually, the one dude who had a lot more Exactly. And the one dude that did have quite a, like a well, way more money than me, we didn't end up gelling at all because mm. his work didn't, that doesn't impress me. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to touch like, cool, quickly story. on, um, you know, the whole not caring about what someone does as a job as long as they're passionate about it. I think that may be a little bit ableist as well. Like there's some people that are just working to survive. They're just taking the yeah. job and they're not particularly liking it and that's something that we shouldn't really um, judge them on right. either um, because, you know, they might be working for a sick child or um, a sick parent or, you know, they might that's be Im- an immigrant who can't get their doctor doctor job because, you know, they studied in India and they're not seen as an actual qualified doctor in this racist country. Um, Mm. But, you know, as long as they're good people, that kind of thing. I used to be quite a snob with with that kind of thing and, you know, we live and we learn and there's, I've, you know, seen so many ableist kind of things and elitist kind of things coming and I'm just getting schooled all the time by... Um, like, you know, that girl on maths who was judging the guy because of what he did yeah. for a job or what Samara clothes he wore Brent. or what car mm. he was driving. It's like, wow, I'm kind of glad that we see that kind of thing because um, everyone called it for what it was, you know. And it, and you made a good point at the time of saying, you know, she can have her expectations and we can all have mm. our expectations but know what those expectations are. And materialism 
isn't shouldn't be one of them, but having someone kind of know who they are and be confident in what they are should you know, that should have impressed her enough. The guy ended up being a really confident person in the job that she deemed not good enough and he absolutely loved his job. But even if he didn't, you know, we all do things sometimes that we we don't want to do and we just sometimes have to get through life. But um, with the drinking thing, mm. it's an, it is an odd thing. I think it would be hard for men to be judged by women about their drinking habits, ironically, a lot of women wish in long-term relationships that their husbands didn't drink the way that we Mm -hmm. drink in this country. So that's maybe something that we should all as, you know, heterosexual women start thinking about and going, maybe these guys have their shit together in a way that we should be impressed with rather than sus about, which is just such a default um, attitude that we have. As I said, I used to have it and now I'm like, oh, where are all my sober men at? Like I would love, I would love to meet to someone that would kiss me, not because they were under the influence but because they oh really want to kiss me. That's so true, isn't it? But mm. it goes, it does go both ways because when when I really think about it, when when you're choosing not to drink, you are around people that are drunk and it can give you anxiety, right, because it's a lot oh God, and yeah. you're like, oh, God, you carry on. But <laughs> when you're around somebody that doesn't drink and you're drinking, yeah. you then instantly get that feeling of they're going to remember this. And it's got nothing to do with them because I was hanging out with somebody on Friday and they're sober, they're a sober person and I, you know, I've been sticking to my four limit drinks mm-hmm. at the moment because of my health and they they told me they were sober and I was just like, oh, God, oh, God, what did I say? Like was I too much? Like you do yeah. go into that, yeah. that, guilt. that feeling yep. and Shame. thinking and that yep. guilt Yeah, but when I, there was a different time when I was doing a month sober last year and I started dating this guy and it was fine and he was fine, but he was a little bit like, oh, you know, sad when we go out, you can't have a drink. And I'm like, you can, like, have a drink and yeah. I'll drive. That's so yeah. fine and I, I don't mind that at all. But then when I did get drunk and carried on, he was like, you're the worst drinker. But then I'd be like, okay, well, I'm not going to drink around you because obviously I'm triggered right now and I'm not being a very good person when I drink. And I admitted that. I was going through a lot and drinking made me quite, uh, you know, manic and irrational mm-hmm. and yeah. just I was down. And then he was like, yeah, but I don't really want to be with a girl that I can't just have a casual drink with because I'm then going to worry if you're going to go crazy. And I'm like, I've just said I'm not going to drink around you because you don't like it. So what what do you want from me? You know mm. what I mean? It's like, well, you don't like it when I drink, so I won't drink, but then you you want a girl that you can have a drink with. So I do get that dating thing where we put so much emphasis on drinking when it's like, who cares? You hung out with me for a month sober and we had fun. Mm. Yeah, I got drunk a few times and carried on like a two-bob watch, so I won't drink when we're hanging out. That's fine. We still have fun. But then it was like, oh, no, but I want to still be able to have a drink with you. Yeah. Well, that's like going out with an ad, with an alcoholic who doesn't drink anymore and it's like, but I want to drink with you but I can't drink so I'm not going to be able to drink with you. Yeah, well, I don't want to be with you because you can't drink and I want to be able to have a drink. Um, that, mm, you know, but one. also at, at the same time it's okay for him to have that boundary, 
as well, you know, um, and say, I don't want to drink around you, but I do want to drink with someone. I think so too. I think maybe that was a bad example because, I mean, people do shit things when they're sober Mm. all the time. And I happen to have two times that I drank and was carrying on a little bit. Um, not going to say why because I don't want to make excuses, but it was a really hectic time, so I did go overboard. But then I thought, well, we have so much fun sober, so how about we just don't drink when we're together because we've proven for the last five weeks we've had so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it was almost as if people then expect he was expecting every time I even had a drink, Mm -hmm. something bad was going to happen because of these two times Mm -hmm. I was hysterically Mm -hmm. crying. So there's there's all these assumptions about alcohol where it's like, we assume people are the way they are all the time on it or we want to be able to have someone to drink with. But why? Like if you're having fun without it, then what's mm. what's like why can't you have a non-alcoholic drink and I can mm. pretend I'm drinking mm. and you can still be drinking and we still have fun? I've been not not drinking a lot lately and then when I have a drink I'm absolutely useless because I'm not match fit anymore. Like I've got no piss fitness and, um, you know, like you really do have to have tolerance to have a good nudge. Um, what do but, you mean? Like you get drunk really quick? Yeah, really quickly. I just, you know, used yeah. to be able to drink a lot more and, and, and that's everyone. Like the more you drink, the more you can drink. The less you drink, yeah. the less you can drink, the less you can handle. And that's me at the moment. Like I had a few drinks here with the cast and crew um, from the show and I I got pissier than it, anyone else because I just wasn't, I had, my tolerance wasn't up. So, and I wasn't drinking nearly as much as anyone else. Um, so I've been actively searching for sober things, um, sober profiles and sober people and um, inspiration in that way. And there's just so many things now. Like in Melbourne especially, there are sober bars um, where it's all alcohol-like and but nothing, nothing. The whole bar is non-alcoholic and they have meet like um there's these groups on Instagram that have meetups now and I was reading about this one person that said they went to one finally and it was better than a school reunion like like seeing friends that they haven't seen in ages they didn't know any of these people but they all had this one thing in common which was they don't want to be drinking anymore and they all had the best time so I'm thinking I'd really like to maybe start um, getting involved in these kind of activities and see, yeah. you know, if there's a, a life out there for, um, yeah, because it's just such a given to have a wine with everything. Like just, yeah. you know, I had dinner last night, the dinner that I sent to you, and I was sat at the bar, well, bar restaurant in the hotel by myself, and he said, I'll bring you the wine menu. And I said, no, I, I'm not drinking. And he was like, oh. Okay, but it wasn't, would you like to see the wine menu? <laughs> yeah. It was, I will bring you the wine menu in a mm. moment. And I had to say, no, thank you. Um, it's just such a given that we are massive drinkers. You know, that's just the way it is. But things are changing. There's a lot of sober people out there now. And we've got a good friend, Isabel, who's just, you know, publicly said she's giving up drinking for a month. Can you all give me tips? And I think that's a really great idea to be transparent about it and to say it's the first time I've done this so can you Mm. is there anyone out there that's got some great tips for me because you get them 
you get people really yeah. supporting you and saying, you can do this, do this and blah, 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 you know, kind of thing. My tip was lemon water every morning, get that liver strong and it won't hurt nearly as much. Yeah. All right, so that's us. That's us for today, chatting all the all the things. Um, next week is actually our last episode for the first season of Two Girls, One Pod. And we're going to be doing an Ask Us Anything. So we'll do a little box and you can ask us anything on the Instagrams. We're really excited about it. So uh, on that note, Evie Jones and I would like to say... Have, have the, day the day that you deserve. deserve. Bye. Bye.